This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Romans chapter 11. And Paul is explaining to the Jews that, hey, you cannot obtain salvation by keeping the law and doing all these works to try to earn your salvation. If they want to have a relationship with God, and as as well as us, if we want to have a relationship with God and be a part of his kingdom, then in particularly talking to the Jews, Paul was talking to the Jews, then he says, you got to put your faith in the Messiah. You can't, it's, it, salvation or to be a part of the kingdom of God, you, you can never do enough works to earn your way in. You have to have faith in your Messiah, Jesus Christ, God's Son. Because Jesus has done what the law could not do, and the law can never forgive one sin. But the, the blood of Jesus Christ washes away and forgives all sin. So in this chapter, in chapter 11... Paul gave us, at the beginning, and we talked about this in the last podcast, but Paul gave a great definition of the grace of God, and he says it's God's undeserved kindness. Grace is God's undeserved kindness. Because the Jews thought that they deserved everything from God because um, they had a, you know, they had this covenant between God and Abraham, who is the father of the Jews. So the like I said in the last podcast, they would look down their nose upon the Gentiles. They, after all, they are Jews. And that, that's why the, the, I believe it's in John chapter nine when Jesus is talking to a group of Jews, a crowd of Jews, and they say, "Hey, he, he says, uh, whom the Son sets free is free indeed." And they say, "We're not in bondage to anybody because we are the seed of Abraham. We are the sons." And the daughters of Abraham. Abraham is our father, and we belong to God because we have that covenant relationship. And so they thought that they deserved everything because they were God's chosen people. And Paul's saying, Nope, it's not the case. If you want to have a relationship with God, then you have to come through the Messiah, your Messiah, Jesus, the one called Christ, the Christos, the anointed one and he and he, I mean, basically what paul tells me he says hey look god doesn't owe you anything but because of his kindness he has chosen you that's god's grace because of his undeserved kindness he has chosen you but the jews rebel against jesus they reject jesus and now that the jews have rejected jesus for the most part the gentiles have now been offered salvation as well. And that's what we talked about in the last podcast. Now, we left off ready to pick up with chapter 12, but I want to start at verse 11. Or actually, we're ready for verse 13, but I want to read 11 and 12. And just as a way of reminder, when Paul says, did God's people, talking about the Jews, did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? In other words, is there no hope for the Jews? And he says, of course not. They, the Jews were disobedient. But there's still hope. The Jews were disobedient. Because of their disobedience, God made salvation available to the Gentiles. It's part of God's plan. 
But he wanted his own people, the Jews, to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because of the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it, when the Jews finally accept that Jesus is their Messiah. The world is going to be so blessed. And so up until this point, from Romans chapter 1 up until chapter 11, or the middle of chapter 11, Paul has been really focusing on the Jews in the church in Rome, but now he's going to shift focus to the Gentiles because the church is made up of Jew and Gentile alike. And so he says in verse 13, he says, I am saying all of this especially for you Gentiles. So he's going to turn to the Gentiles. He's talking to the Gentiles. He says, God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this. For I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have so I might save some of them. What do the Gentiles have? They have salvation. They're they're running as fast and hard as they can to Jesus. They're eating the gospel message up. There's a church in Antioch that is full of Gentiles and and it's growing so fast that it is beginning to uh, rival the church that has been in Jerusalem for a long time. And and so Paul is saying, look, God has appointed me an apostle to the Gentiles. And and I'm trying to make my people, the Jews, jealous of what you Gentiles have because you're so hungry for salvation. You're so hungry for Jesus. And I wish my people were hungry like you are hungry. And so I, I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you have so that I might save some. So to me, this is Paul's motivation for being so hard on the Jews in his letter to the church at Rome right here. Because he is trying to stir up the Jews to get them to see that Jesus is their Messiah And they cannot have a relationship with God. They cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven without being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, their Messiah, without confessing that he is who he says he is and and believing in Jesus with their heart. That's why he said that in in, in chapter 10, that they got to confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts that Jesus is their Messiah. They would not do it because... They thought that Jesus was a blasphemer. And if they mentioned the name of Jesus, they too are blaspheming against God. And since they had a zeal for God, since they had a zeal for the law, they didn't want to blaspheme God. But Paul says, your zeal is misdirected. It's in the wrong place. You're not going to be saved by the works of the law. You're only going to be saved through faith in your Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so he's going to take the Gentiles and he says, God has offered you salvation because the Jews have rejected their Messiah. And so now God has turned to you Gentiles. Case in point, Cornelius and his friends and family in Acts chapter 10. And now God has turned to you Gentiles because the Jews have rejected their Messiah and he's offering you salvation. And y'all are just jumping at the opportunity. And he says, I want my fellow Jews to do the same thing. And in fact, he said, I believe it was in chapter 9 when he said that, I would give up my own salvation if it meant that all the Jews would be saved. And so he says, I'm trying to make the Jews jealous so that I might save some of them. So this is Paul's motivation, in my opinion, for writing 
or for being so hard on the Jews in these first uh, 10 and a half or 11 and a half chapters into uh, the letter here at Rome, uh, to the church at Rome. Because we can read about the conver- uh, the conversion of, of Saul, who is Paul, right in this letter, in Acts chapter 9. And Jesus tells Ananias that Ananias is the one that was that Jesus told Saul to go to and he would have received his sight. And so uh, Jesus comes to Ananias he t- and tells Ananias, he's like, this dude Saul, he's going to be coming to your house. And Ananias is like, oh, nope, nope, I don't want no part of that. This guy's mean. He's persecuting Christians, people who follow you. People are dying because of this guy and he's coming to my house. I don't think so. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 it's all right. Saul's been chosen by me to bear my name before the Gentiles. So think about it. Way back in Genesis, God makes a covenant. Genesis 12, God makes a covenant between Abraham, who was in a pagan land, didn't know anything about this God that is talking to him. But yet this God shows up, chooses Abraham, which we talked about in the last podcast. That's that's God's grace, an undeserved choosing. God, Abraham did nothing for God to choose him. God just chose him to be the father of the Hebrew people, the Jews. So God makes this covenant between Abraham and himself. And that left the Gentiles with nothing. And now God has allowed the Gentiles, after thousands of years of of being separated from God, now the Gentiles are welcome to come on board and be a part of the kingdom. And boy, did they they come running. Because like I said a while ago, the, the, the Gentile churches, they're growing so fast. And the church at Antioch, or it may have been last podcast I mentioned it, I can't remember. But anyway, it's all running together. But the Gentile churches were growing so fast. They're so hungry for the message of God that, that they're, just, they're giving their life to Jesus left and right and so quickly that the church in Antioch, a, a, a Gentile church, uh, it, was, it rivaled the church that has been in Jerusalem for many, many years. Uh, it, it, it may have even outgrown the church in Jerusalem. But the Gentiles were so hungry for Jesus and a relationship with God. And Paul's saying, I want my fellow Jews to have this hunger. I want them to be saved like you Gentiles are being saved. And so he says, I'm trying to make them jealous by explaining to them what you have. He says in verse 15, he says, for since their rejection, talking about how the Jews have rejected the Messiah, therefore God has turned to the Gentiles. He says in verse 15, for since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. In other words, they don't have God. They don't have a relationship with God. That they think they do because they're tr- trying to work their way there through the law. But Paul says, "Hey, they're dead. But the moment they turn to Jesus and accept Him as their Messiah, and they they are washed in the blood of Jesus and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, then they will have life." And he says, "Their acceptance will be even more." Wonderful, But because these Jews have rejected their Messiah, Jesus, the world has now been offered salvation. That's awesome. That's so awesome. 
<clears throat> which this is proof then that the Jews have rejected Jesus, which they claim they never did, but they did. And they don't like to be told that they rejected Jesus. Matter of fact, a lot of Jews today still don't believe that Jesus was their Messiah. They think he was a good prophet, but they don't th claim him as their Messiah. They're still looking for a Messiah. But this is also proof that they no longer have an excuse for not accepting Jesus as their Messiah and as their Savior. It, it, this salvation, it's, it's all free game now. Think about it. The invitation has been sent to everybody, both Jew and Gentile. The gospel has been proclaimed. The gospel is still being proclaimed. And anybody, everybody, all people, whether Jew or Gentile, can hear the message of the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and they have a choice. They can either reject that message, reject Jesus, and say no to the offer that God has given them through his uh, undeserved choosing, his grace, or they can hear the message of the gospel. They can hear that Jesus died for their sins, was in a tomb for three days, and on the third day he came out victorious. And 40 days after that, he sent it back to the Father, and he sent it to the, the Father's right hand, and, he, and they can be filled with his Holy Spirit and live for them. And then they choose to accept Jesus. And the blood of Jesus washes their sins away, and they're filled with the Spirit, and they're walking according to the Spirit, and their sins are forgiven, and they're on their way to heaven because they are now a part of the kingdom. That invitation is no longer just for the Jews. It is for everybody, both Jew and Gentile. So Paul says in verse 16, he says, And since Abraham, who is the father of the Jews, right? And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. I love what he says here. For if the root of the tree are holy, the branches of the tree will be holy too. And so Paul is referring to the Jews' roots, if you will, the, the, their ancestors, uh, the patriarchs of the Jews, Abraham, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Uh, the patriarchs are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why you, all throughout the Old Testament, you hear God say, I am the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are the patriarchs of the Hebrew people, the Jews. Were they perfect? Because if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be holy too. And, and, and he says, Abraham and the other patriarchs were perfect holy well if they were holy does that mean they were perfect absolutely not abraham isaac and jacob they may have been holy but what made them holy it wasn't because i mean the law hadn't even been given yet so they couldn't follow the law they couldn't work their way into holiness so what made them holy because they had faults abraham doubted god isaac did the same thing he pretended that rebecca was his sister and Jacob was a deceiver. So what made these patriarchs holy? It was because they had a relationship with God, not based off of works, but based on faith. I mean, you think about Abraham. He's in the land of Ur, in the land of the Chaldeans. He, he is 
in a pagan land. He doesn't know who God is. God chooses him. God comes to Abraham and offers this covenant with Abraham out of nowhere. And he says, I'll make you a father of many nations. I'm going to bless you with this land. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to show you or tell you where the land is. You just have to follow me and I will take you there. And what does Abraham do? He packs up all this stuff and tells his family, get ready, we're going on a journey. Oh yeah, this God came out of nowhere and is talking to me and tells me all this stuff and makes this covenant with me and he tells me to put my trust in him and that's what I'm doing. So pack up, get your stuff ready. We're going on a mission. Where are we going? I don't know where we're going. He just said he's going to bless me with some land. So I'm going to follow this God and see where he takes me. That's faith. That is faith. It's not a relationship based off works because as Paul's already mentioned earlier in Romans, that the Abraham's faith came first, then he followed, then the works came along. But Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And that was based on faith. What made the patriarchs of God holy and what makes us holy today is not by anything that we have done, but it is based on our faith in Jesus Christ being washed in his blood and that our sins are forgiven, then we are made holy. Then we have direct access to the throne of God, the book of Hebrews tells us, all because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me, both Jew and Gentile. Why are we holy? Because of our faith in Jesus. Our relationship with God's son, the Messiah, based on faith and there you know there has to be a sermon and what paul says here because he says if the roots of the tree are holy the branches will be holy too why because if the roots are holy those branches they're getting nutrients from the roots and those those branches are holy too because what's coming from the root is holy and they're the branches are partaking of that root system, the nutrients that are coming through those roots. Therefore, they are holy too. And in particular here, Paul's talking about the Jews and how they are the branches. But he says some of them aren't holy, but that's not God's fault. It's actually the branches' fault. They, they, they have been broken off. That's why he says in verse 17, he says, but some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, so he specifies, he specifies who these branches are. It's, it's some of the people of Israel. They've been broken off. And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree, you were out there, you know, out in left field somewhere. You're just some wild olive tree that sprang up out of nowhere. You have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children. He, this promise was between Abraham and the Jews. But now... You wild olive tree out there, you you've been you have been uh, you uh, you have been grafted in, and you are now a part of the root system that belonged to the Jews, and now you Gentiles get to partake of the nutrients that that's coming from the root of God's special olive tree. We'll be right back after this short break. We are releasing the sound, cause the lost generation. 
All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Go check that out. Verse 18, but you must not brag about being grafted into the in to replace the branches that were broken off you are just a branch and not the root now i love what paul does here paul takes this image of an olive tree that just sprang up in the wild and 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 how god grasped that wild olive branch to the root system of the real the natural olive tree which was planted by god talking about what belonged to the jews and now this wild olive tree that was just out there in the wild, it's been grafted into this new root system. It's getting the nutrients from the root system of God's olive tree, and it can live because it's feeding off the nutrients that God himself is providing. And to me, this again is a great picture of the grace of God that Paul mentioned back in the, in the beginning of chapter 11. Because the Gentiles did absolutely nothing, not one single thing to deserve to be grafted into this olive tree where God provides the nourishment from the root system. The Gentiles did nothing. They, they were rejected. They, they were not God's chosen back in the Old Testament. But because of the Jews' rejection of their Messiah, God turns to the Gentiles and says, hey, I'm offering salvation to you. And they're jumping on board. And so God... Because of his grace, because of his undeserved kindness, has turned to the Gentiles and he has grafted us into his kingdom. And he provides these nutrients that were meant for the Jews, but now we've been grafted in. So we too now are partaking of the nutrients that are coming from the root of God's tree. And he provides these nutrients that keep us alive. And this is a great picture of the grace of of God because we didn't do anything to deserve what God has done for us but yet God simply provides now in the very next breath Paul quickly reminds the Gentiles he says now hey you you got to stay humble or else you're going to end up like the branches that were broken off and separated from the root system talking about those Jews that have been broken off he says in verse 19 he says well you may say those branches were broken off to make room for me Yes, Paul says, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. They they rejected their Messiah. That's why they were broken off. Remember what Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and I remain in you. But you know, if if you don't remain in Christ, you're broken off. You're going to lose the nutrients. What happens to a tree that's been broken off from its root system? It withers and it dies. And, And Paul says in verse 20, yes. You know, those branches were broken off to make room for you. But remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe in Christ. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. Well, what could happen, Paul? He tells us in verse 21. For if God did not spare the original branches, talking about the Jews, his chosen people, 
If God did not choose, or if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either, Gentiles. Now, I would love to hear those who believe and once saved, always saved. I would love to hear their explanation of this verse because they never bring it up, ever. I've never, in my 50 years here on this earth, I've never heard people who believe and once saved, always saved talk about this passage right here because it absolutely destroys once saved, always saved. And matter of fact, Paul goes on to say in verse 22, and what he says here, there is no argument for once saved, always saved. He says, notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed because they were disobedient. He cut them off. But kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if, such a small word, but yet so powerful. God is kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. That tells me I, I've got a decision to make, Jew or Gentile. I've been grafted in. I'm feeding off the nutrients of God's root system, but I can, I can stop right now in trusting in God's kindness. And that's what Paul says here. He is severe toward those who disobey. I can go and be disobedient to God. I can go and live my own life and live according to the flesh and, and never give a rip about what God thinks about me anymore. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to pay the price for that decision. And that price is going to be eternally separated from God if I die in that state. So there's consequences to my action. But Paul says, God is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also, you Gentiles who have been grafted in, if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. What happens to a branch when it's cut off from the, the main food source? It withers and it dies. It cannot survive without the nutrients coming from the root system and neither can we. If we are removed from God's root system, we cannot survive on our own. There is no way of salvation. We will die separated from God for eternity. We cannot save ourselves. Only can we be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Only can we live being grafted into God's root system and feeding off the nutrients that he provides. Let me read that one more time. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you used to follow Christ. Maybe at some point you had a good relationship with, with, with Jesus, but something happened in your life. Something came along and just knocked you for a loop, knocked you silly, and you got mad at God, and you just what we call backslid that Jesus became smaller and smaller because you kept getting further and further away from the relationship that you once had with Jesus and to the point that where Jesus just completely disappeared from your life and the fruit that we see in your life shows it that you do not give a rip about Jesus and his sacrifice. You do not give a rip about what God has done for you. You don't give a rip about his grace, his undeserved kindness because you're mad at him for whatever reason 
But let me tell you, there's still hope for you today. Paul says in verse 23, he says, And if the people of Israel, the Jews, and anybody else that's turned away from God, he says, If the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again. See, in other words, they had to be grafted in, they had to be a part of the root system at one point. And Paul made that clear. The Jews were. They were God's chosen people. But they rejected their Messiah, so they were cut off. And once they were cut off, they, they died because they couldn't live on their own. But they had separated themselves from God because of their rebellion. They chose not to accept Jesus as their Messiah. And Paul says, if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief and simply believe in Jesus, their Messiah, God's going to graft them back in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. That's why Paul said there's still hope for them. And that's why he's saying, I, I, I want the Jews to be saved, my fellow brethren both men and women. And, and he says, I'm trying to make them jealous by sharing with them what you Gentiles have and, and the love that you have, how you're just eating this up, this gospel message, and you can't get enough of Jesus. So I'm, I'm telling the Jews what they're missing out on, and I'm trying to make them jealous so that they will turn to Jesus and accept, them, accept him as their Messiah. And if they would do so, they would be grafted in again, for God has the power to do that. Because he's God. He's sovereign. And he says in verse 24, You by nature were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. Talking about the Gentiles. You're just wild olive tree out there. But God took you and grafted you into his root system. You were by nature a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches, the Jews, back into the tree where they belong. And it's clear to see from the Old Testament to what Paul says here that God has a special place in his heart for his people, the Jews. And that's why Paul is just begging them. to. He says, I would give up my own salvation if it meant that all the Jews would be saved. Paul's saying, I would go to hell. I would be willing to give up the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he has made for me. Because he came to me and he chose me. But I would give all that up if all the Jews would give their life to their Messiah, Jesus. And be washed in his blood and be filled with his spirit. He says, I want you, verse 25, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters. So he's, he's talking to Christians. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Don't, don't, don't boast about what you, you know, this undeserved kindness that God's given you. You've been grafted in to his root system. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from the ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, the gospel. And this benefits you Gentiles, Paul says. Yet there are still the people he loves. They are still the people he loves. 
because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 29, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Get that. God's gifts and his call to the Jews can never be withdrawn. Why? Because he made a covenant with Abraham and he said this is an everlasting covenant. Therefore, God's gifts and his call to the Jews can never be withdrawn. Then he says in verse 30, Once you Gentiles, you were rebels against God. But when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful, not to those Jews, but to you Gentiles instead. Think about that. This is heavy. We Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. We Gentiles, we reap the benefits of the Jews' rebellion. They turned against God. They rejected God in the flesh, who was their Messiah, the prophet prophesied about Jesus. Over 300 prophecies throughout the Old Testament. And even though Jesus showed up and he's working these miracles and, and, and he's teaching with authority, they're like, nah, nah, this dude's got a demon. This dude's of Satan. This dude's of the devil. He's Beelzebub. We no. Our Messiah is going to be this great military leader and he's going to deliver us from this Roman oppression. No, they had it all wrong. Therefore, they, they rejected Jesus. They said he was a blasphemer, that he wasn't from God. And Jesus is dying on the cross and he's in so much pain and agony. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They, they couldn't see it. And because they rejected Jesus, their Messiah, we Gentiles reap the benefits. Amen. We now can be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and have a relationship with God the Father, be reconciled, be made friends, just like Adam and Eve had in the garden before the sin came in. They had a perfect relationship with God. And now because of what Jesus has done and because of the Jews' rejection of their Messiah, we Gentiles can have that same relationship. We can be reconciled. We can be made friends again with God through the blood of Jesus. And so Paul says in verse 31, he says, Now they, the Jews, are the rebels. See, the Gentiles were the rebels. But Paul says, now the Jews are the rebels and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. And so this explains what Paul was trying to say back in chapter 10, in my opinion, about God's sovereignty with Paul trying to explain to the Jews that God can do whatever he wants to and that God has the right to, to show mercy on whomever he wants to show mercy on. Both the Gentiles and the Jews are considered rebels. And we're all sinners. Paul made that clear in Romans 3.23 that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, both Jew and Gentile. And so we're all sinners who rebelled against God. Therefore, we are imprisoned, if you will, is what Paul says, in sin. We are in jail. We are in a prison of sin. But God has shown mercy to all of us, both Jew and Gentile, and he has offered us the opportunity to be set free from this prison of sin through his son, Jesus Christ, for whom the son sets free is free indeed. And that's why Paul writes, in my opinion, verse 33, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Why? Because our minds are, they're just, they, they cannot comprehend God. God is too awesome and too great. 
Paul says it's impossible for us to understand his decisions and his ways. He's the creator. We're the creation. And this has to be one of the greatest understatements in the entire Bible. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Man has tried for thousands of years to understand God. And we can't do it because God is too great. That's why Paul says in verse 34, who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from God and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And so how many times, maybe you've even said this, but how many times have you heard people say, I don't know what God's will is for my life? Well, Paul says it right here in verse 36. Everything comes from God and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. This is why you and me, this is why we exist right here. We exist to bring God glory. And here's the thing. God has provided everything that we need to do just that. God has given us the way to be saved. He's provided a way of escape from sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. His very own son dies on the cross for our sins. He's, he's laid in a tomb for three days and he comes out victorious on the third day. We can choose to accept that message and when we do, God uh, we're, we're baptized in this watery grave. We come up out of that water. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. According to John 14, Jesus says that the Father and Jesus himself will dwell or live inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And through Jesus and the Holy Spirit living inside of us, there springs up this well of living water and it just comes out. And we're just a vessel and God uses us to bring himself glory. But we have to let him. We have to choose to accept what God has offered us, and that's salvation in Christ, to be washed in his blood and be filled with his spirit and living for him so that we can bring him glory and give people, other people the same opportunity that we have. So I want to end today with four questions that you need to ponder and answer. Have I put my faith and trust in Jesus? Have I given my life to Jesus Christ? Have I made him my Lord and Savior? Number two, am I living for Jesus? Maybe you've made the decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You're washing his blood. You're filled with the Spirit. But are you living your life for Jesus on a daily basis? Third question, am I using the talents and the gifts that God has given me to glorify Him? Or am I being selfish with these gifts and using them to exalt myself? And the last question is this. Does my life, does your life, does your life, my life, does it bring glory to God? When people look at me, when people look at you, do they see Jesus? Do they see God being glorified? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We'll pick up Romans chapter 12 in the next podcast. Keep grinding.
Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.